Hello and welcome to The Change Troubleshooter. This is Nina Dar's podcast. Welcome to season two of The Change Troubleshooter, the sustainability season. In today's episode, from fast fashion to something else, Nina is joined by Sophia Kenyon. Sophia left university in 2017 with a business degree and seamlessly went straight into her dream job in fashion. Or was it? Four years and one pandemic later, Nina asks if the industry is all she thought it would be. Hello and welcome to season two of the Change Troubleshooter podcast. And today I'm joined by the lovely Sophia Kenyon, who is going to talk today. We're going to chat about from fast fashion to something else. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nina. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a really interesting conversation. And we want to point out to everybody in this, just so that everybody's got their expectations clear on this. This is a very personal story that Sophia is going to share with us today. We are not looking to shame the fast fashion industry. We all have our own views on the pros and cons of that. And that's not what today's podcast is about. It is about Sophia's journey in fast fashion and what that's meant during the pandemic, when I'm sure all of you know it's hit that industry quite hard. So, Sophia, from uni to a dream job in fashion sounds amazing. Tell me, tell me what happened there. Yeah, sounds magical. A little bit of background. I went to the University of Leeds. I graduated with a business management degree. And kind of looking back, I just didn't really have a direction. I knew that I wanted to go to uni. So I kind of picked business because I thought it was, you know, quite a broad subject. I wasn't really feeling like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I thought it'd be a really good choice to, you know, keep my options open. So I did this business management degree and just came out and had no idea what to do with it, really. I always in the back of my mind kind of had a little bit of interest in fashion. I've always had quite an individual style and I just thought, you know what, I'm kind of feeling like I want to go into fashion buying. So I looked at a few job roles, contacted some recruiters and the very first interview that I walked in from graduating, I got the job, came out of the interview an hour later they offered me the job. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is fate. Like, this is what I've been put on the earth to do. It was absolutely magical. And I was so, so, so excited to start in fashion. So the role that I got was import merchandiser at a supplier. So they're basically the middleman between the customer and the factory. So I would managed the orders and it was really exciting because I got to put my own stamp on styles and you know just manage the order uh, from it being placed to delivery so I kind of got a real sense of accomplishment when I saw that style in the shop on the website everywhere I just thought oh my god this was me I did this 
And you, you've given us a little video and I'm, I'm going to play that now. And just to remind everybody that as well as the audio this season, this gets shown as a video as well. So if you are listening on audio, you'll be able to hear this music and what's alongside it is a glimpse into the very glamorous world that Sophie, Sophia has been talking about. This was just a little shoot that I luckily enough got to, you know, kind of create from start to finish. So I had to cast all the models, get the styling, the makeup looks. We were actually just running around the office, trying to gather accessories and stuff. So in my job, I wouldn't normally get to do this. But yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to organise all the shoots. And I feel that is where my passion was that that is really what got my spark going and and why wouldn't it for anybody that's interested in fashion that's how you imagine it isn't it exactly I mean you see that video and you see the model going and the music but you don't see us behind there stood with a hundred pieces of clothing on a rail with a steamer (laughs) (laughs) no you don't want to burst that bubble (laughs) so from there Where did everything go wrong then? Was it literally the pandemic? No, it kind of started before that. So the first job I got from uni, it was a massive company, offices all over the world, a very established company. And it was great. 100 plus in the office, departments on different floors, like glass offices. It was a proper Devil Wears Prada thing. And um, to move to move on to my next job, I decided to go to a bit of a smaller family run company because the responsibility that I'd be getting, uh, the experience that I would be able to have would be miles more than I could have got at the big company. And don't get me wrong, like it did wonders for my CV, but I really can't say the same for my sanity. I think because it was a smaller run company and I had so much more responsibility, it just all got a bit too much. And I started to, you know, kind of struggle a little bit. And I kind of saw things that I didn't really agree with the way that the company was running. And I just thought, no, I'll take myself out and I'll try another company. I went to kind of a similar setup, but it was um, much bigger. And the honeymoon period was all glitz and glamour the same. But, you know, when you start to get to the six month mark and then coming on to the year, kind of felt like I was coming full circle a little bit. And I kind of saw the same cracks that I wasn't keen on in the last pace kind of start to show through. And these cracks that you're talking about, Are these things that conflicted with your own value set? Is that the sort of cracks that you started to see? Yeah, it is. So I'm just, in my personal life, I'm trying to kind of evolve a bit with the times. Like Everyone's taking a much more of a focus on sustainability and their carbon footprints. And I was just feeling like what I'm doing in my personal life is not quite reflecting what I want to do in my work life. And and how did that show itself then? I mean, we've got a slide up at the moment that has four words on it, physically, mentally, emotionally tired. And I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with that. Lots of listeners will be able to resonate with that. So these, when you started to feel this and you felt like you were going through a circle that you'd been in before and you thought it wouldn't be like that, Did you feel the mental stress of that? Yeah, I really did. 
kind of I thought that I, sh- that I shouldn't really be feeling that because I thought you know what I can't really put the experiences that I've had in my previous company and kind of apply them to this company because I was like it's completely different so I was feeling like oh maybe I'm just you know bringing back old thoughts from my last place into this place but I think only time shows so the longer that I kept pushing through it and the more that I kept feeling the same I was like oh hang on a minute maybe it isn't me. It's a really telling point isn't it where we push ourselves continually to say well it's not the environment I'm in it must be something that I'm doing and we try and do things to say I've got to be better at this and there must be something I'm doing wrong. Exactly I've been speaking to colleagues about it and I'm thinking oh well if they're finding it okay then surely I should be fine as well but then the more I speak to people the more I think oh well you kind of are maybe feeling a similar way to I am but just nothing's being said and everyone's just you know continuing with the motions and just plodding through. Yeah well as we've said all the way through well it started before the pandemic really didn't it that we were really encouraging people to to recognize signs of poor mental health. Yeah. I think that accelerated with the pandemic and the situations people have gotten but those signs are so easy to ignore, aren't they? In all of us, we, I, I also am prone to doing this. You feel that you should work harder, dig in, just feel lucky to be in a, in a dream job that you always want. Exactly. I thought I'm young. I've come out of uni. I've only been in the real world, working world for three years. I was like, how can I then complain to someone who's been there for 20 years saying, oh, not really feeling like I'm enjoying this anymore? I know, I know. It's something we need to talk about more, isn't it? And we need to start sharing these experiences more. Because like you say, when you talk to people initially, they'll just say, oh, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. But it's only when somebody else opens up and says, well, I am actually not fine. Yeah, it's always got to be maybe the confidence of the first person to step up and speak about it for someone else to maybe think, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm also feeling that way. And I completely, completely understand you. Exactly. And I've pulled up now a slide that takes a quote directly from a fabulous report that McKinsey and Business of Fashion have done together. We'll put a link for this in the podcast notes. It's called The State of Fashion 2021. And it says something that we know really, but is building on, Sophia, I think the messaging and the the journey that you've been going through The pandemic will accelerate trends that were in motion prior to the crisis as shopping shifts to digital and consumers continue to champion fairness and social justice. This is just a massive thing in this industry, isn't it? We hear lots of companies named and shamed at the moment, and we've made it clear we're not going to do that in this episode. But we all know the companies that we're talking about And us as consumers making this decision that we don't want to put up with this anymore is really important, isn't it? And you've got that, you're feeling that as a consumer and by the sounds of it, feeling it as an employee. 
Yeah, 100%. And you know what, even before the pandemic kicked in, there was already a big push for retailers to just go completely online. Everybody was talking about, oh, what's the point in even having shops anymore? So even before the pandemic kicked in, big brands were already considering that "Mm, maybe we don't actually need all these massive flagship stores anymore. So I think there was already a bit of a push that more people were going to go online. Yeah. And since lockdown, since nobody can go to the shops, that's been a real driver. And I feel like from my work point of view, the stores that were mainly brick and mortar, they've trickled out and I'm not even dealing with them anymore. And it is 100 percent online retail now that I'm working with. I know the acceleration of that has been phenomenal. And definitely, we all know the winners are the ones that were already in a position. We had that platform in place for them to just say, you know what, right, this is it, everything online now. And when it comes to the the consumers wanting more fairness and social justice, I mean, here we're talking about the known supply chains that are global where people don't get paid enough or in, in some cases don't get paid at all and the the materials being used not being sustainable what did you see did you see a change in that happening already where you were working there has been definitely more of a push for us to start stepping up to 100% organic cotton and changing all of our packaging to more sustainable, recycled, reused stuff. We are actually using some um, recycled yarn to start doing some um, recycled products, which I know is a massive push on some of these big brands now. They actually have whole like recycled ranges. And you know what, when this first kind of got introduced, it was kind of maybe like frowned upon a little bit, like we weren't even going to like mention that, oh, we've potentially got some recycled fabrics here because people are like, oh no, why would I want recycled fabric? I want brand new. But now people are coming out and saying, oh, like give me your recycled options. Like what are my options here? Like how can I reduce my carbon footprint here? And you know what, I am seeing more of a drive towards that, but there is always the bottom line, which is money. Yeah, and we know, don't we? Of course, we need to celebrate these very positive things that are happening, but we have a long way to go in this yeah. and, and I feel like that's everyone's mindset, not just the the customer or the seller, or it's just everyone is in that mindset of wanting something, but also, you know, there's the bottom line, which is want it for the cheapest possible. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another great bit that we've taken from the report. Again, this is from the Business of Fashion and McKinsey survey. And when I read this, Sophia, this made me think about your story. We put a title on it here of the pandemic has created space to think. And uh, the section we've taken is with garment workers, sales assistants, and the other lower paid workers operating at the sharp end of the crisis, consumers have become more aware of the plight of vulnerable employees in the fashion value chain. 
As momentum for change builds alongside campaigns to end exploitation, consumers will expect companies to offer more dignity, security and justice to workers throughout the global industry. Now, you, I don't think you'll be offended if I say you are at the lower end of the scale, aren't you? And Mm -hmm. so through the pandemic, I believe that you were one of the first people to be brought off furlough and taken back into working in the office. Yeah, so um, all about the company got put on furlough and um, it's the best best few months of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it all came crashing down. No, I didn't. Um, So I actually only was on furlough for two months and it might sound long to some people, but people are still on furlough now, like a year on. So yeah, I was lucky enough to be brought back and um, one of the first people on my team actually. And that can be a blessing and a curse as well, because not only did I feel kind of grateful and appreciated that they wanted me back first and I kind of felt a sense of accomplishment that, oh, you know what, they think I'm doing a really great job here. So they're bringing me back. And with that, there came a lot more responsibility which is great but then also a massive pressure and just to keep the ball moving and you know I'm covering people that are still on furlough and you know it it just just became a lot. Yeah and this again is a situation that I think many people listening to this will appreciate for those people who have gone back who may not be the most expensive people in the organization. So the more senior people, of course, of course, for business survival. So I'm not trying to insinuate anything else. It was more economical to bring good value members of staff back. But that has come with quite a new responsibility for many people, not just you out there in the workforce. And as, as well as that, even if your colleagues are still on furlough, in a lot of cases, people have been made redundant and teams have downsized a lot, but the work hasn't downsized along with it. So lots of people find themselves now in a situation where they are doing much more and expected to do much more. And again, the mental health issues around that are significant, aren't they? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there because that is my situation to a T. So I, not only am I covering for people that are still on furlough that are above my pay grade, also the team has halved, like people have been let go. So I'm also having to deal with the fact that I'm losing members of my team that were really good friends and we had a great office environment and it's just dwindled down to a skeleton staff and we're in the office a couple of days a week and it's like a ghost town. It's a completely different environment and it's just a shock. It's a shock to the system when you're used to going in every day, having a laugh, hustle and bustle, being so busy to just everything halting and then all of a sudden getting thrown back into work and you're doing twice as much as you, you used to, way more like outside your realm of your job description and you're expected just to carry on and be okay with it. No, and, and at the same time, feeling the guilt of even 
moaning, complaining or bitching about that. I don't even want to say a word because I know that there's people that are still on furlough that are itching to get back and I can't even, you know, have a little moan to them because I should be grateful that I'm back working. Exactly. So it's kind of the worst of all mental situations, isn't it? Because when you have those competing pressures in your own mind, you don't really know what to do and how to talk about it. And that is the situation that builds in a very negative way. Yeah. And to be honest, it kind of at one point felt a bit like a ragdoll being pulled one side. Oh, God, I'm actually really struggling. I should speak out about this, you know, make things clear. And then, oh, no, no, I've got my job. Some people haven't got theirs. I'm lucky to hear and I should feel grateful about it. And this growing sense in you that your work has to align more to your personal values, which I think is, again, a journey so many people are on. And perhaps I think from what I see, and another thing that's been accelerated through the pandemic, because perhaps we have had a bit more time and space to think about that. Totally agree. I think before everything happened and before everything came to a halt, it was all the hustle and bustle of everyday life. People have got a routine, you know, wake up, do this, do that, go there, see people. Nobody's got time to actually think. And now that we've all been made to just kind of focus on maybe what we were doing and kind of reflect and look back, we've actually thought, hang on a minute, like there's some things that don't quite add up here, like not really keen on this, like why, why was I doing that and how am I going to change it? You're a very positive person and that really comes through. And even in you sharing this story now, it's really nice to hear the positive way you're talking about something that has been actually quite difficult for you to deal with. Yeah, 100%. To be honest, I've not really dealt like anything like this before. I've not really had piles of stress. I've not been through any kind of anxiety before. And it kind of just really hit me like a wall and thought, you know what, if I don't turn myself around here just a downward spiral so I really had to you know pull myself out a bit have more of a positive mental attitude and you know what just talking to people really helps just understanding that you're not the only one feeling like this yeah absolutely we couldn't give that message out to our listeners more strongly could we and for anybody that finds themselves in this situation both me and Sophia are available for you to talk to us. And and here in these overlapping circles we've got on this slide, we've got product, planet and people and a heart in the middle. And this is what you're trying to achieve now, isn't it? You know, let's be clear for our listeners, you've not left your job. It's not that you hate your job. That's not what this is about. It's about you trying to find a way of getting the right balance back in your life, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just trying to find that happy medium again that is perfect for just having a good time, like being able to do my job, but also enjoy it as well. Like how long are you in work for? It's majority of your life. So you've got to have fun doing it. And that work has got to mean something to you or for you that is becoming increasingly important, isn't it? It is. And as I said, 
over lockdown that many people may have had the chance to sit back and really think about their values and whether what they're doing align with their values. I myself, I have really started to try and look at my buying habits, especially because I am in this industry. I'm always one to kind of push people to be like, oh no, don't buy from that fast fashion website. You know, let's go charity shopping. Let's do a arts and crafts session. We'll DIY some of our clothes. And I'm kind of feeling maybe like a little bit of a hypocrite. Push all of this stuff in my personal life and then come into work and enabling all this fast fashion. And many of us are going to find ourselves in these situations because the world of business is not changing at the same pace that we are saying it needs to change. Yeah, and it's not giving us enough options to be able to change it. Correct. But by doing what you're doing, and by the sounds of it, it's the magical reduce, reuse, recycle, three hours that you're looking at there. Try my best. (laughs) It's hard to say I'm 100% changing this and changing that. Little bits here and there make all the difference. Of course they do. And none of us can say 100% here and there. Well, I'm I'm guessing actually there are some people (laughs) like actually for most of us, it's not that situation. We are trying to make the changes now that we've become much more conscious of it. And we know there's an urgency that can't be ignored anymore. Yeah. So what's next for Sophia? I have a little project that I'm starting. It's called So Can Style. And it's kind of just going to be a little bit of like an online portfolio combining all my loves, which is fashion, design, lifestyle, been in Manchester, which is a really up and coming urban city. So yeah, um, there's no real format or... I'm just going to take it each day at a time. The content that I'm posting is very reliant on my mood, but I'm going to try and make it as positive and uplifting as I can. I really want to try and create that sense of a community where people feel kind of empowered or even just feel accepted and that, you know, other people are feeling like they are. And if anybody wants to reach out to me and that that'll be great so you're looking for collaborators aren't you you've started some of this with your own friends already yes it's going to have like a heavy influence on interior design and fashion and the need to be more sustainable in these areas so I'm going to be on the lookout for key brands and businesses that I think are doing really great things and kind of just need a little bit of extra special attention I've already started getting together some ideas I know some people that I went to school with have started their own businesses so yeah I'm just going to reach out have a chat with them see what they're doing and what their plans are for the future and you're actually enrolled to do an interior design course so you're taking this to another level professionally Yes, I'm going to be starting this course in April, just studying alongside work as well. But yeah, we'll see where it takes me. I feel like even though I thought fashion may have been my dream career, maybe it's time for a change and I'll see where this takes me. Hopefully it can land me a sparkly job. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that too. We hope that too. But there is, I mean, I love the picture and and I'd like to say for those people looking at the picture, 
That is one of your pictures, isn't it? This is kind of going to be the look, very sleek, contemporary, minimalistic design. But yeah, just kind of content like this. If you look closely on the pencils, they actually give you some uh, quite good positive messages as well. And the book is called Human Space. So you're actually bringing the human into the design process. Is that where you're going? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it sounds fantastic that what you're doing here to keep that positive mental attitude that you, like you said, you dug yourself out and thought, I've got to do something here. It's not about quitting your job. It's not about shaming your company. You absolutely sympathize with the situation that business is in. And hopefully you will be able to influence more as you do these things alongside your job. But actually what you're doing is trying to set things up that balance the environment you find yourself in. Yeah, because at the moment it's not a new job opportunity for me that's not what I'm looking at it it's just a bit of an outlet a release another format for me to just express myself and also just keep me busy you know we all need to be busy at the moment it sounds like a great project you sound like you're doing a fantastic thing here reaching out your story is one that I think many people will be able to relate to And I actually don't think you have to be in your 20s to relate to this either. I think it's for for people of all ages at the moment. We find ourselves in very similar situations. So very inspiring, Sophia. We wish you all the best and we'll all be tuning in to Soak and Style to see what progress you make. And hopefully you'll join us on season three and show us where you're at. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for having me. Had a great time. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks again to Nina's guests today. And thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Change Troubleshooter. Nina invites you to carry on the conversation with her directly. All contact details can be found on her website, ninadar.com. Join us for the next episode in two weeks' time. This has been a sun-soaked creative production.